It is so wonderful to see you, to be here this morning. I want to start by telling a story. I remember the first time that I heard God speak to me. I was nine or ten. And in my kids' program at church, we had this reading plan. And if you read all the chapters in your Bible that week and brought the little bookmark back the next Sunday, you got a prize. It was Starburst or something. And I wanted that prize, so I would read my Bible feverishly. And one night, I'd fallen asleep, and I actually heard my name, Katie. Out of my sleep, I sat up out of my bed and said, what? I didn't know exactly what was happening. I heard it, but it wasn't audible. It was, I heard it in some other way. And then I heard this. I love you, whether you finish the Bible reading bookmark or not. I felt reassured. I didn't really know what happened. I went back to sleep. Now, I've also had those experiences where it seems like, as my sister calls it, you're calling God and you're leaving a voicemail. <laughs> hey, it's, just, it's me again. You must be out because you haven't responded, so I thought I'd call again. Um, could you get back to me? Or you might have heard of the valley of decision in the scripture. Well, sometimes in my life have been the valley of indecision, where I've had so much uncertainty about God's direction or his guidance in my life at all. Or maybe, maybe those times where you and I read the scripture, we open it up and it's like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to hear. What about you? What's your experience about hearing God's voice? Today, we're going to lay a foundation for who God is and how then we hear in response to him. In the next couple of weeks, Aaron's going to un unroll a bit more about how we hear his voice. So you need to be here. But let's start in our text. John 10, verses 1 to 5. This is Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Three truths you and I need to embrace this morning if we're gonna hear his voice, and the first one is that God speaks. He talks to us and we must hear him. The very first time that we're introduced to who God is in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning, God. He created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the surface of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the waters. Listen, and God said. The first time we see God introduced to us, he is a speaker. He talks and he not only speaks, he wants to speak with and engage with people. 
With Adam and Eve, they walk and talk in the garden. Abraham, Moses, Jacob, on and on and on. He engages with people. And then we read in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8, that says, you're going to call to me and I will answer you. You'll cry out to me and I'll say, here am I. We've got to believe, if we're going to hear his voice, that he wants to talk with each of you, each of us. How do we hear him? The verse 3 in John 10 says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. That word listen, that Greek word listen, it means hear, to hear. Now, hearing is an important concept in the scripture. Romans 10 verse 17 teaches us that faith, our very faith, if we believe God at all, it comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word. That word here is significant. In fact, the most, the most important prayer that Jews pray in the morning and the evening, and they have prayed for thousands of years, is called the Shema. It's Hebrew for the word hear. And what it means is to listen intelligently with every intention to do and respond to what I'm hearing. It's more than letting sound waves come into your ear. To hear Shema, it means to do something. That's why the psalmist can say in Psalm 27, verse 7, hear, God, hear me. He's asking for God not just to hear and listen, but to do something and respond. That's why the Old Testament prophets could say, you have ears, but you don't Shema. You don't hear Listening and doing are two sides of the same coin. Isaiah 64 verse 8 teaches us. It's this beautiful metaphor. And it says, but now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Hebrews Chapter um, 3, verse 8 and 15 tells us today if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. What does that mean? To harden, it means tough or dry. In order to hear God, there is a posture that we need to take and it looks like this. If you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as you've done before. There's a pliability to hear God. We need to have this response. Your voice, your words, my friendship with you matters more to me than anything and anyone else. And I will respond to what you say. That is the posture. Here we are. Look at us. <laughs> kind of a blob, a bit messy. You probably didn't come in here this morning feeling like a really beautiful, finished vase in the hand of God. We come in like this. And then we yield. We submit ourselves and say, okay, I'm ready to hear your voice. The soil of my heart is prepared to receive your word. This is 
the posture. And then, in his hands, he begins to mold us. We can't mold ourselves. We have to yield to the potter. If you feel ordinary, maybe insignificant, kind of plain, I'm not Moses, God doesn't speak to me like that, guess what? You're in good company because we are all in the Father's hands. We are the clay, you are the potter. If we're going to hear his voice, this is the posture that we must have. I'm ready to trust and respond to what you have to say. That reality that God speaks, he wants to talk with each of us, and we must hear him. It's foundational if we're going to hear his voice. Secondly, the Holy Spirit will help us and teach us how to hear the word of God. The Holy Spirit will help us and teach us to hear the word of God. John 10, that passage we just read, verses 1 to 5, it describes these sheep who hear the shepherd's voice, and then they follow. And then it says they can hear, they might hear, they might hear the voice of a stranger, but they won't recognize it, so they'll run away. Now, how does that kind of discernment happen for us? How do we know this is God's voice? That's the voice of a stranger. I'm going to avoid that. That only comes through practice, through knowing what the voice has said. Jeremiah is an Old Testament prophet, and he describes the word of God like a fire shut up in his bones, or like a hammer that smashes rock. So powerful. And Hebrews chapter 4 says that the word of God is more sharp than any blade, and it goes right in between our thoughts and our intentions. When someone says, I'll give you a piece of my mind, what does that mean? It means that through our words, we're giving them a piece of ourselves. And when we read the scripture... When we hear God's word, we can begin to understand the personality that speaks. You can say, let there be light, and I can say, let there be light. But when God says, let there be light, we see his personality come right through. As we read this, you and I cannot, we can know the Bible and not know God, but we can't know God without knowing the Bible. We can know a little bit about the Bible, and not know him at all. But we cannot know him without knowing the Bible. Yes, nature speaks to us, all creation, shouting out his glory and praise. But when we get into his word, we start to see who he is, his desires. And when I say know the Bible, what I don't mean is taking a little bit of it and making it mean whatever I want to. No, only the Bible as a whole can be considered the word of God. Now, what exactly do we mean when I say word of God? Because isn't the Bible the word of God? And wait, isn't Jesus the word of God? And does God speak any other words? Now, the Bible is God's word. But God's word is not simply the Bible. Stay with me. The Bible is God's written word. It is, the Bible is the written form of God's word. But the Bible wasn't born of a virgin. The Bible 
wasn't crucified, died, buried, resurrected, ascended to the throne of, ascended to the right hand of the Father. The Bible isn't sustaining this building and everything in the cosmos. No, those are God's words, but his word is larger. It includes all of that and those words in that individual, divine human connection that happened when he speaks to us. Please do not misunderstand me. The Bible is paramount for you and I to know and understand God. We cannot follow him, follow Jesus. This is, this is us. If we come in and we don't read the scripture, if you're a follower of Jesus in here this morning, this is just a pastoral encouragement. If we're not reading the scripture, then we have ears, but we don't shema. We've got to get into this word. And then... We realize that every time we come to the scripture, it's an invitation to encounter God himself or to hear his voice. In here, we meet the living word. John 1, verses 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In verse 14, and the word became flesh, and dwell among us. Jesus is the living word. And in the scripture, the written word, we meet him. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, In the past, God spoke to us, to our ancestors, at many times and in various ways. So angels, prophets, he spoke to us. And in these last days, he says, God has spoken to us, how? By his son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe, who upholds everything by his powerful word. Now, you're sitting there and relaxed and good and ready to listen, but I just feel like the blue angels just flew over. Like, oh my goodness. In the last days, he used angels. But he has now spoken to us by his son, who is the exact representation of his being, and through whom he made the universe. Sometimes you and I look back, whew, I just gotta calm down a little bit. We look back at Moses, and we think, oh, you saw a burning bush. And we look at Elijah, and we say, you know, you saw fire come down from heaven, and chariots of fire. And if that happened to me, I would believe. I'd never doubt. Why don't you speak to me like that, God? I think Moses and Elijah are looking at us in that great cloud of witnesses. Say, yeah, I saw the sea part, but you saw God walk on water and bid you to come with a word. And Elijah says, I saw fire come from heaven, but you've seen the God of fire, the glory of God in the face of Christ. You've seen God, what he's like, how he moves, how he speaks to people, what moves him, how he weeps, how he prays. You saw God, the exact representation of his being. How can you not believe? If we're wondering what God is saying, we need to look at Jesus. <laughs> this is a foundation for us to hear God. We need to look at Jesus in the written word and see him. If we wonder if he loves us. If he cares about us, can we look at him and the message of Jesus on the cross with his arms open? He loves us. He still loves us. 
So how do we hear what God is saying in the written word and through the living word? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 teaches us. It says, you know, no eye has seen. Maybe you've heard this passage quoted. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has in store for those who love him. And then we're supposed to stop, and that feels really nice, and we're comforted. Wow, nobody knows what you have in store. That's not actually what this passage is saying at all. In fact, it's saying the exact opposite of that. It's saying nobody knows what God has in store for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. How do we hear God? We need to ask the spirit. It says that nobody knows the mind of a person except the spirit inside somebody. Nobody knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. And you and I, that passage goes on to say, have received the spirit that is from God so that we might know everything that he has freely given us. Ask the Holy Spirit. Go to your Bible. Go to the written word. Ask the Holy Spirit to introduce you to the living word. You will come honestly and you will consistently meditate on this word. You will know God. The Holy Spirit helps us hear and understand the word of God. So number one, God speaks. He talks with each of us and we must hear him. Secondly, the Holy Spirit helps us hear and understand the word of God. And thirdly, we recognize and learn to recognize the voice of God by experience through conversation and friendship. John 10, verse four, says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Follow. Now, sometimes I think we think of the word follow a little bit like this. So kind of like this, we're all you know, in a room, Jesus. Jesus is up there in the front, and here we are, and we're looking at Jesus. So we're gonna follow him, and we're gonna kinda do what Jesus does. We're gonna, okay, Jesus does that, I'll do that. Okay, Jesus. And it's sort of like, what would Jesus do, you know? We're gonna do this, and we're all sort of following and looking at him, and, and it's kinda like an aerobics class, you know? You're like, okay, Jesus, we're gonna do that, okay. <laughs> but that's not what the word means at all. The word follow there is, <laughs> literally means with road, with way to go with someone on the road together as companions. That's what follow Jesus means. It's so hard for us to understand following and know his voice because we don't know how that is supposed to come to us in our lives. So we take our Bible and we throw it open and we go like this. (sighs) That's not it. (laughs) Or we go outside, you know, when we see two There's a couple of birds flying by, there's two, that must mean I should get the second job. (laughs) Now God speaks to us through signs, he does. But if we're so uncertain that we're just depending on signs all the time, it's because we haven't learned how his voice actually functions in our lives. God is spirit. He speaks to us not as bodies do, but as spirits should, through impressions through our thoughts, our perceptions, our experiences. And he comes to us that way in our conscious life because that's the only way he can come. That's not the only way. Easy, remember. You're gonna hear more about all the ways God speaks in the next couple of weeks, so be here. But the way that he, has to, he comes to us, because that is our life. As a man thinks in, in his or her heart, 
so are we. So he comes to us through our thoughts, and that's why it's hard for us to think, is that my thought or is that his thought? He comes through us with these impressions, and sometimes it can be kind of like sonar or echolocation. <laughs> you know, you, so you like sense something, but you're not so sure what it is. But through practice, we grow with more specificity. This last week, I was going to get in my car, and I had this impression, grab another diaper, you're going to run out. Now, um, if anyone who has ever changed a diaper knows Sometimes I argue with that, that sense, and I think, oh, that wasn't God, that was just me, and I keep going. But when it has to do with a diaper, I'm going to get one. <laughs> so I grabbed it, and sure enough, I'm on the side of the road, changing my baby's diaper because I had run out. And if I hadn't had that one, I wouldn't have had one. Now, diaper is not in the scripture. No matter what translation you use, it's not there. That word, the words that he spoke to me aren't upholding the universe, but it's part. It sure impacted my universe. God speaks to us. He wants to talk with us. And that comes conversationally. And then I had another experience where I was going to Costco, and someone had given me a pair of shoes that didn't fit. So I thought, okay, um, on my way, and I just had this impression, bring the shoes. You're going to find someone who, who has that size and who will want them. So I thought, okay, I'll bring the shoes. And then I, I responded and thought, okay, um, can you just have the person park right next to me because it's Costco, number one. And I can't walk around trying to find somebody. I have a baby and a toddler. And I get there, I'm unloading my groceries, and sure enough, look over, and here's this young woman. I look at her feet. I'm like, these are going to fit. So I said, this is random, but what size shoe do you wear? And she said, eight and a half, which they were eight and a half. And I said, perfect. Someone gave me these shoes. I wonder if you like them or you want them. She was like, I do, and I would. <laughs> Not upholding the universe, but impacting someone's world. He wants to talk with us. I'm a really ordinary person. Those kinds of like phenomenal things don't happen to me. I'm a really ordinary, I miss, I spill things all the time. And I hear him talking to me through practice. If you and I will recognize, was that thought? Do this. If you have a reoccurring thought, comes into your mind a couple of times, just stop. Say, God, are you trying to get my attention? Is there something you want me to do or not do here? Most of the time, we just let it go. And, and if, we will, if we will stop, we can start to recognize not just the content of what is said, but the quality of that voice. Jesus is not a bully. And when he speaks to you and us, the enemy can't replicate the peace that always comes when he's speaking to us. He's most of the time not going to railroad your life. He'll just wait. When God speaks, says T.D. Jakes, he'll deliver a message that brings a sense of peace that endures turmoil. The reason that we need the Holy Spirit inside of us is so that we can have an inner conversation that withstands outer circumstances. An inner conversation 
He speaks and his, he brings peace when he talks with us. It's one of the ways we can know it. And it's conversational. I love how Dallas Willard says, God speaks but not at us. The speaking is intended to be conversational between two mature people doing things together. Sometimes we think of God and that every follower of Jesus has this kind of account and Jesus sort of pays our sin bills. Dallas Willard describes it like this, but a benefactor, no matter how generous or kind, is not a friend. And Jesus calls us friends. Conversation. He wants to interact, not speak at us and order us around. It's just our limited understanding of him that makes us interact with him that way. If we're only concerned with God telling us what to do, then the friend aspect of that friendship is missing. I don't have any friends. <laughs> I don't call Nicole or Megan. I don't have any friends. And say, okay, I'm ready. Tell me what you want me to do today, Nick. Tell me what you want me to do today, Megan. Tell me, Joss, what do you want me to do today? My friends would tell me, hey, you know what I want you to do? Go to a doctor. <laughs> because that's not a friendship. We want to be available for all that God would have us do and be. But the friendship is more than that. It's a shared life. We must make it our goal, not only to hear the voice of God, but to be mature people in a loving relationship want to hear God, we've got to believe that he wants to talk to each of us. He's talking to you now, right now, in fact. Partially through me, but perhaps about something that you're thinking about along these lines. Hopefully, it's not lunch. He speaks to us. He's talking to us. And we have to hear. We have to heed his voice. And secondly, the Holy Spirit will teach us. He will help us understand the word of God. And we recognize his voice lastly. We recognize his voice through experience, through friendship, through conversation. There's a couple who walks in my neighborhood. And they've been, they walk all the time, every day. And they're walking by my house, and they're maybe 60s. And they look happy, and they're holding hands. And I walk by and think, I want to be like that. And so I stopped them one day. They walked by my house and I said, what? You walk every day. You look happy. Can you tell me about your walking? And she said, well, I was sick. I'm diabetic. And we had to start walking. And at first, I took his hand because I needed help with my balance. And then now I just take his hand because I don't want to walk without it. So it is in our life and our walk and our friendship with Jesus. We might start off because we need guidance or we want to have a successful life or we want to be prevented from pain or we want to make the right decision or a good decision. But as we keep walking, we'll start to hang on because we don't want to do anything apart from that friendship. Stand with me.
hands. You might be a follower of Jesus, and here you might not be. I'm going to ask you too, just open your hands as this physical posture to say, I might be clay, but I'm here. You might have just barely made it this morning, just rolled in, thought you wouldn't, didn't want to come. I don't even know if I believe all this. I'm here. Could we say yes to the shepherd, to his voice? Believe, could we have the faith to believe that he wants to talk to us right now? Talk with us. We, we must hear. The team is going to sing over us. Peace, be still, say the word, and I will. Don't settle for second-hand hearing from God. Let's listen. Listen.